What's going on, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. We got an awesome show for you tonight. Got some great guests. Um, just wanna I just wanna encourage you to subscribe to Dynasty Dorks Fantasy Football. That's one word: Dynasty Dorks, two words: Fantasy Football. If you like the show, leave a comment, five star review. Much much appreciated. All right, well, I'm gonna introduce the guys. Mom, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, yeah, glad to be here. I'm uh, super excited because we are getting the NFL schedule in, what, just under 24 hours, I think. So we're finally going to be able to get to know some bye weeks, some strength of schedule stuff, and get into all of that. But, uh, you know, you guys can check out all my stuff over at Fantrax. I've got my rookie rankings up there. And you can always reach out on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Thanks for coming on, man. You are one of the most active guys on Twitter. I'm tagged on like every day. I'm tagged on like 35 trade polls with you and you respond to almost every single one. Super. uh, That's just cool that you do that. And uh, just definitely a big fan of your work. Uh, Troy, thanks for coming on the show. Mr. Hashtag FF, you know, fit club. What's going on, man? Man, nothing much, bro. I appreciate you inviting me on. What's up, you guys? If you don't know me, my name is Troy King. You could find me at T King Mode on Twitter. I'm a contributor to Football Guys. So I'm a writer as well as I'm going to be producing some video content for them within the next couple of weeks. I'm also going to be doing rankings in season for them as well. I'm also one of the co-hosts of Fantasy Football Confidential, where on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we talk about, you know, Dynasty Redraft, whatever. So and I just appreciate everybody supporting me. So, yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter. And I'm, I'm trying to get more um, active on TikTok and stuff. But, yeah, check me out. Awesome. Maverick, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's always a pleasure working with you, Dave. Um, yeah. I'm a lot newer to football Twitter. So I just recently just got started um, doing videos on YouTube. I'm a Pats fan, as Troy probably knows. Um, <laughs> so I, I do a lot of reaction videos talking about the moves that they've made since they were very busy this offseason. So I had a lot to talk about. Um, and I also, you know, I'm a gamer. So I play Madden and now the show on Twitch. So everything is just protagonist underscore on YouTube and Twitch. Awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about just the news before we get to the winners. Um, There isn't a lot of huge fantasy football news, but there are some last, you know, free agents signing with teams. Most notably, um, Eric Fisher going to the Colts. He signed a one-year $9.5 million deal. Colts did not address left tackle after their offensive tackle retired. So that fills a big need for them. And then uh, Ali, you know, Villanueva went to the Ravens. Fills a spot left whenever they, you know, traded their tackles. So um, some tackle news. And then we have a uh, Tim Tebow is now back in the NFL. Um, I would not recommend uh, going out and making trades or trying to pick up Tim Tebow unless you have like Philip Rivers or Drew Brees to drop off your rosters. Um, don't expect Tim Tebow to be the next Taysom Hill. Um, and don't expect Tim Tebow to, he may not even make the roster, um, but I just don't think he's going to be a uh, fantasy too much fantasy football relevance there. Uh, Jersey looks slick, man. Come on. So uh, as far as the winners, let's just start off with the quarterbacks. So, Mung, you want to start us off with Sam Darnold? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure there's a quarterback whose fantasy value was so close to flatlining back in March. You know, that life support monitor, it's like you see in movies where the protagonist is in a hospital bed and then all of a sudden Carolina trade for him and he got that 3000 volt kick. So Darnold's going from Adam Gase to Joe Brady, the same guy who contributed to that record breaking LSU offense, made Joe Burrow the first overall pick. So Darnold gets a huge upgrade in weapons and offensive coordinator. He's got Moore, Anderson. They drafted Terrace Marshall, too, who, of course, reunites with Brady. And, of course, he's got one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey. All Darnold has to do, really, is you know distribute the ball, not turn it over, and let them do their thing. I think he's a strong QB2 in fantasy, and he's got potential to sneak into that QB1 territory given that the Panthers' defense is still, you know, a work in progress, even after adding J.C. Horn. 
I love that. I, I, I love seeing him on here. It's one of the guys I was thinking about. So anyone, anything to add or anyone disagree with him being a winner? I don't disagree, man. I'm, I'm on the Sam Darnold train right now for a fantasy. I think he's a solid QB too as well. Uh, just in general, whether it's football or just outside of fa- like or fantasy related, it's, it's definitely a win for Darno. So uh, Troy want he definitely wanted to make sure his Dolphins got mentioned on here. So let's let's talk about your winner in the offseason. Sure. I was trying to make look, it's a homer pick a little bit, but it's accurate. So it's Tua. It's Tua. And you know why? There's a bunch of reasons, but one of the reasons that a lot of people were thinking of going into the draft before the Dolphins moved out of the three spot that, oh, are the Dolphins going to go for QB, right? He was involved in all these trade rumors. Oh, Deshaun Watson, you know, oh, Russell Wilson, you know, he was involved in a bunch of trade talks, right? No one believed in Tua. And last year, he didn't have that bad of a season as a lot of people are trying to make it out. So he was about like six and three as a starter. He had like 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. He had about three rushing touchdowns to add to it. So it's solid. We already know about him coming off of his injury. And you have to also think about the guys he was throwing to, right? He was throwing to people like Jakeem Grant and Matt Collins. At some moments, those were his starting receivers, right? Like you can only do so much. And most of the line was filled with rookies. So there are a couple of different things. I'm not saying that he didn't struggle, but you know, I think a lot of times like everyone wants rookies to produce, you know, be like a Justin Herbert. Right. And I think that's the problem also because he got drafted in front of Justin Herbert. He did really well. So everyone wants to compare him. But I believe that, you know, obviously with some of the offseason moves we made with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, I think we're just going to open up the offense. We have, you know, playmakers and hopefully everyone else is going to be healthy. So I'm very excited for two, and I really think he has a bounce-back season this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I thought that was a, a very – when they made the move to trade back, that spoke volumes on how they, they feel about him, and it put a lot of those rumors to bed. At six, they could have took Justin Fields, and you know they passed on him. Um I thought the offensive coordinator, I thought Chan, I, I beat him up last season for Chan Gailey. I thought it was a bad hire that he's never really kept a job for a long time. Didn't like that for Tua, but they fixed it. They fixed it. I love what Miami's doing down there. They still have more capital next year to even put more stuff around Tua. They did a really nice job in the draft. Um, I just, I, I think that he's someone that you could have bought really low in February or, or March and you know really paid off right now you still probably can get them pretty low people are still on the fence about Tua um but they're building around him and I like the pieces that definitely are going to play fast with Waddle and Fuller um so uh, yeah I love that um anyone else anything with Tua or anyone disagree Maverick you're up so I went with Trey Lance. There was a couple of other winners, but I feel like just coming, just you know, recently just coming out of the draft, um, I feel like the biggest winner of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft has to be Trey Lance. Uh, Shanahan has done really well with just about every starting caliber quarterback he's had, and they've done extremely well. You got RG3 the one year. He was amazing. Even um, when he went to Atlanta with Matt Ryan, he was an MVP. You know, he had, I guess, what one of the best offenses that season, if not the best offense. And then he goes to San Francisco and he made it work. You know, Kittle's, uh, you know, top two tight end. They have one of the best rushing attacks. We don't know who's running the ball, but they have one of the best rushing attacks. And Jimmy G, I think, was either top five or top 10 in passing touchdowns that season when they made it to the Super Bowl. So now you're getting somebody in Trey Lance with rushing ability on top of the cannon of an arm that he has and the weapons on that on that team currently. You know, Trey Lance is going to be able to ball out when he, you know, when it, when it's his time. Yeah, Trey, Trey Lance got the money spot when you're talking about Kyle Shanahan. Weapons are already in place, and he's got a good offensive line. He can sit back for a few weeks. I don't think it's going to be too long. Once we see that schedule come out, we'll see when the bye week is, and then we start hedging our bets on when he's going to play. Um, and looking at the just the best ball ADP, so in March – Trey Lance was 199.6. Now he's 123. He was the second highest riser, 76 points. So he went up that far after the draft. And we're we're pretty spot on. Sam Darnold in, in March was 213. Now he's 166. So Sam Darnold's a plus 46. 
and you got um, there's a few other guys on our list on here. Two is a plus twenty one, so he was he was uh, one fifty eight. Now he's one thirty six. So um, you guys were spot on with your picks. Um, you know, I, I joked around with Troy that it was a homer pick, but it was it's a right pick. I mean, I think he was I think he's literally the third quarterback on this list. So um, I think you guys nailed it, and those guys all have increased value over the offseason, and that's that's what this exercise is about. For me, it's it's Lamar Jackson. Uh, I've I've really you know, and, and Troy and I come back and forth about the Ravens receivers, and I, I I still think you know Lamar Jackson is a huge winner. I thought Tylen Walsh was Walsh was a steal. Um, Rashad Bateman I also thought was a steal, and you know I can beat up the Ravens for how little they threw the ball to the receivers, but I also I'm not dumb. They they didn't have that great receivers last year. So it's a maybe it's a chicken chicken or an egg conversation. Um, but now we're gonna see if it's the chicken or the egg because you got Rashad Bateman, you got Wallace, you got Andrews, you got Marquise Brown. There's no more excuses. Um, and there's no more excuses for not just Lamar Jackson, for Greg Roman. If Greg Roman doesn't pass the ball, he might not make it through the end of the season. Um, so Lamar Jackson should see a big jump. I thought I thought that was just awesome to to pair his rushing ability with some impressive pass catching. It, it's hopefully we see 2019 Lamar Jackson right back at it. So um, anything with Lamar Jackson? Does anyone disagree, or does anyone have anything else to add? No, I just want to say I love Maverick's call of uh, Trey Lance. I mean, Thanks. for you guys who follow me on Twitter already, you guys know he's my 101 in Superflex rookie drafts. And the more I've looked into it, the more I think he's a clear 101 over Trevor Lawrence because, I mean, when you put together all the stuff that he showed on film, just being able to progress their reads, um, they interviewed his college coach who said, you know, he went through and made calls at the line, and that's partly why Shanahan believes he can run his system very well. And, you know, throwing the rushing upside, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I love Lance. Yeah, we, we did the mock draft show, and I was I was telling you that I wish you could – you were on there to defend yourself and defend the pick there. Um, I was I was actually going yeah, – I hope Garrison is listening because we were kind of going back and forth with a guy yesterday who was mad that we had Lance at two, and, and why do you guys hate Lance? I said, listen, man, just because you have someone at three and not two doesn't mean you hate them. You know, like just because Dalvin Cook's not my number one running back doesn't mean I, I don't like Dalvin Cook. I just like the other guy better, you know, like chill out. Um, but I think people are just very um, sensitive right now. If they're just in the Justin Fields camp, they're very sensitive because he fell. And now people are dropping him to three or four in their ranks. But for me, uh, I, I agree. Lance is my two and I have no problem with someone taking him at the one on one. I would just suggest if that's your plan. You probably trade back out of that 101 spot. Let someone else take Lawrence and get Lance in the pick. All right, so let's go to our running backs. Mung, you want to start us off? Yeah, so for my running back winner, I'd Cled Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I'm not really sure why people were down on him to begin with this offseason. Uh, I've you know wrote this on Twitter a lot on some trade polls, but CEH was the RB13 in PPR through week, week 15, excuse me, uh, prior to that hip injury. <clears throat> and then he also missed the game in that stretch too. So maybe some people had unrealistic expectations for him, given how highly he was drafted in both redraft and rookie drafts last year. But we're talking about a guy who was a high-end RB2, and that was with you know a brutal offensive line where they were constantly reshuffling those guys due to injuries. They were a middle-of-the-road team in run-blocking, uh, 14th per football outsiders. And then since that Super Bowl loss, the Chiefs have poured resources into upgrading that offensive line into a monster. You know, they added Joe Thune, Austin Blythe on free agency. Uh, they're getting their opt-out back, Laurent uh, Duvernay-Tardif, after he opted out in 2020 due to COVID. Um, they coaxed Kyle Long out of retirement, traded for Orlando Brown, this is probably a top five offensive line now, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if CH has like 1,500 yards from scrimmage, double-digit touchdowns. I think he's in for a elite top five finish. Dude, I just got hyped about <laughs> CH. Um, yeah, nothing else to add except for I'm going to go trade for him after this show. <laughs> Do it. 
He was actually still going pretty high in some of the dynasty uh, startups I was in. So I didn't even get a chance to even think about drafting him in like the first two rounds. Yeah, he's he's I mean, he's not, you know, the round four or five. But I mean, like you said, people had unrealistic expectations. So people are sour on him because they thought he was going to be a top five back. They thought he was going to catch 100 balls last year. and They just their downfield passing attack. They didn't dump it off enough. But I thought he was way more impressive as a runner than I expected. I thought he was going to be more more of a passing down guy. And they didn't really pass him the ball much. And he still, like you said, was a top 15 guy consistently until he got that hip injury. Or was it a high ankle sprain, something like that? Uh, he had a bunch of injuries, but the hip is what knocked him out for a few weeks. Yeah. Any disagreements? Anything to add? No, uh, he, almost, he almost sold me on CEH because I wasn't high on him. He, I almost got sold. Oh, I, I already got him in a couple <laughs> leagues, so you didn't have to sell me, but I'm just more excited about him to where I'm just going to go try to get him, you know, see what I can get, you know. We'll see. I'll, I'll update you guys later. All right, Troy, who do you got? So, look, y'all going to make me look like a homer. I mean, these were my picks, but it has to, <laughs> it has to be Miles Gaskin. So, Miles Gaskin, right? It's me, especially all offseason, I was in the camp of we should add a bigger body back to complement Gaskin, right? Because Gaskin is, he's sub 200, right? He doesn't profile as a workhorse back. However, he was like, had like 90% of like the running back shares when he was like on the field, right? He was, they used him as the workhorse. Going into the season last year, we expected it to be the Jordan Howard and the Matt Breida show. And obviously we, we all know how that turned out. So I just figured that the Dolphins were going to add a bigger body back. And it's possible that we were going to go Javante Williams if Denver didn't snipe us right before then. Who will The world will never know. But I thought that's exactly who I was going for in that particular case. Like that's like the perfect back that I thought would complement him. But you know what? We didn't draft. We drafted a running back late in Dokes, whatever, like late in the draft. So I think their plan is to have Miles Gaskin run the show again. They did get Michael Brown, so he's a bigger body guy. So maybe they'll work him in in terms of that bigger body back to complement him. But it's wheels up for Gaskins, man. He's I see him as a finishing most likely as a high end RB two. I think he's going to be solid, and he's probably going to do what he did last year. You know, I think the offensive line is going to be improved. Having an improved offense overall is only going to help Gaskins. So yeah, I'm really excited about him. Yeah. Now, again, I mean, whether it's whether it's your team or not, it's the right pick. Um, he is one of the clear cut winners. I've been on record saying you know, he dodged bullets in offseason, but he's going to catch a bullet in the draft. And, and he didn't. I mean, he got dokes. Um, but I, I didn't he uh, not beat it. Like, yeah, he's a big dude. Um, but didn't he have uh, it wasn't Chris Warren, the one like started start over him. I forget who started over him in college, but yeah, he was a I know Gaskin wasn't highly drafted, but the fact that they took Dokes instead of the other options speaks speaks well for Gaskin. Um, and at, at the least, he's going to be the lead guy of a committee. Um, there, you know, does anyone think anyone like a Le'Veon Bell or anything like that would land there, and would that do anything? I mean, I, th I think all the dynasty GMs with Gaskin on their rosters have like nine lives because first there were the rumors that they wanted Aaron Jones and then Green Bay kind of <laughs> snatched him back up. And it sounds like they were set on Williams if uh, Denver hadn't jumped up and grabbed him. So, you know, you guys should Chris buy Carson John Elway a drink. There was Chris Carson <laughs> rumors. I mean, yeah, the nine lives, that's a perfect way to yeah. put it. So, um yeah. So, and I, I, and I, now people are even out there saying, oh, now's the time to sell a Gaskin before it's too late. Like, there's still, everyone's still calling for it, but it's just not happened. And if you're someone that either just held strong and didn't take those low ball offers or you bought them low, you're dancing in the streets right now, but you're still a little nervous until August. I mean, Troy, you'd still sell them for a first in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. At first, yeah. I sell him for a first, but like, you know, I, I probably wouldn't sell him for anything less than maybe a mid second, might be like my lowest. But if I have gas, and I'm, I'm holding out for the highest price I can. If it's like a high second, you know, depending on the team, obviously, I would do it. But first, absolutely. I'd trade you can Gaskin, for Sermon. Gas, yeah, Gaskin or Trey Sermon? <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of iffy on Sermon. Give me Gaskin right now. Gaskin or Michael Carter? 
a Gaskin. Because I, I think about Michael Carter, right? It's like I, I, I'm I, hoping that he becomes the lead back of the Jets, but the Jets are still a mess. You know, there's still Tevin Coleman. I just don't want to get P. Ryan again. That's my biggest worry, not to get P. Ryan. So as of right now, give me Gaskin. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of rookie running backs, Maverick, you picked – a sexy yeah. pick, Najee Harris. I couldn't really think of like the biggest winner. Um, everything else just felt like you know solid winners or just massive L's because there were a ton of L's for running backs this year. So I went with Najee Harris. I feel like he was out of the draft for running backs, just a clear cut winner for running backs. He went to Pittsburgh, where I mean, sure they don't have a, an O line right now, but there's gonna be a lot of teams playing their passing game with three receivers, two tight ends. So I think Najee Harris will catch a lot of passes out of the backfield, and he's going to have a lot more targets, hoping they actually run the ball because James Conner last year, I had him in, in a lot of my standard leagues. He was he was great uh, the first half of the season. Then in Pittsburgh, just feel like not giving him the ball anymore. So hopefully they don't repeat that with Najee, and they give him his you know 20 carries per game, and he'll most likely produce like uh, James Conner did last year. Yeah, he's yeah. As far he should get the volume. Um, you know they they still got some holes in the line to fill, um, and he's he's not someone that can create as much as some of the other guys. Like he does need kind of a runway, kind of like a Derrick Henry. Um, so I'm I'm a little concerned of that. Not like super concerned. I'm still a Najee Harris fan, but the offensive line just concerns me. Um, but yeah, I I think Najee Harris going to the Steelers, getting that volume. He got one of the better landing spots of all the running backs, if not the best. Yeah, just in um, terms of landing spots and possible targets that are that are there out of the backfield and just you know just on the ground. Um, I think he'll have a lot more in comparison to all the other running backs. Well, that and Mike Tomlin knows how to use a back, so yeah. there's not many you know there's not many true workhorse situations, and, and Mike Tomlin is. A lot of these, you know, teams, I think there's seven or eight teams with either new offensive coordinators and new head coaches, and we don't exactly know what it's going to look like. We know what Mike Tomlin wants to do, and he wanted to do that with James Conner, but James Conner just couldn't stay on the field, and that was the issue. So I'm going to go with the, the biggest winner, and that's Mike Davis. He went up 120 slots in the draft in best balls after the draft, well, from March to May. So in March, he was 172. Someone can do the math and figure out what round that is, but it's not high. In May, 51. Mike That's Davis, good. he's 50 points over Trey Lance. He's the biggest riser of all the best ball drafts. And, yeah, he's not your dynasty. He's, he's going to be a dynasty stud for the next, 10 year, or the next five years. But for this year, if you got Mike Davis on your team as your RB3 or 4 and – just like Gaskin, he dodged all the bullets. Be excited. And I know someone's probably going to throw in the comments, uh, Javian Hawkins. Um, Javian Hawkins is, is not the Arthur Smith big bruising running back. He's, just, he's a little guy. He's good at catching the ball. And if they use him, I think he can be, you know, worth a snag as well. And then to the question below, Gaskin in the ninth or Dokes in the 14th, Gaskin, easy. Uh, I'll take Gaskin in the ninth. Welcome Brown, too. Gaskin. So um, let's go to receivers. Keep this thing rolling. Mong, you start us off. Yeah, I mean, you guys will be sick of hearing from me, um, but uh, I'm all in on San Francisco with this Trey Lance pick. And, you know, by proxy, I'm all in on Brandon Ayuk. I was actually a bit lower on him than consensus heading into this offseason. They're just concerns about Ayuk's target volume since we did see that a lot of his production last year largely came with George Kittle and Debo Samuel out due to injuries, right? But, you know, I think that this San Francisco offense can get way more efficient. I don't know that they're going to get way more pass heavy, but I do think they'll open up that passing game a bit. You know, Lance's deep accuracy is going to upgrade this entire offense and Garoppolo was the second lowest in average attended air yards behind only Alex Smith last year. And then two years ago, even when he was healthy for the full season, Garoppolo was third lowest. So, you know, he's a dink and dunk guy, whereas Trey Lance can really get the ball to Ayuk down the field. Justin Jefferson was a fantasy wide receiver one, even with the Vikings being the sixth most run heavy team last year. So I think the ceiling is still pretty high for Ayuk here. So 
he's my guy. And on a related note, I think it's crazy not to have Kittle as the number one tight end now in Dynasty. Yeah, Kittle's my number one in Dynasty. I'll say, look, man, you can make a case for Waller, too. I mean, I know he might be a little bit older, but I I, I understand. Obviously, we know Kelsey's age and all that, but I'm saying there's still a fight between Waller and Kittle for me personally. I think there's an argument for Waller. I, I get that. Yeah, I think Waller's like the only pass-catching like threat in Oakland, so the targets will always be there for him. Yeah. Um, any, anyone disagree with Ayuk or anything to add? Nah, I mean, the only thing is, I mean, the only thing with the San Francisco offense, it's just unpredictable. So that's the only thing I think Ayuk is going to be fine. It's just you never know what his target share is going to be in that offense. So I think that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. And then last year, Kittle didn't even play last year. I think he played like two games. Yeah, with Kittle and Debo coming back, he should, you know, we'll, we'll see. But he didn't have a huge amount of targets. So I think there's room for his targets to grow. Um and we'll see how long Jimmy hangs in there. I, I'm sure Lance will get in there pretty early. Um, in the last three seasons, everyone drafted in the first round as far as quarterbacks has started by week eight, except for Jordan Love. So I, I don't buy this whole Jimmy's going to play for a year and Lance is going to cook. Unless they're like eight and one, it's just it's not going to happen. Um, and I know that you know people want to throw Patrick Mahomes out there. The Chiefs won like 12 or 13 games that year. Alex Smith was like an MVP candidate. Like, no, it wasn't going to get sat. So you will see um, You will see Trey Lance. You will see him early. So Maverick, we've switched the rotation now, so you're up next. <laughs> All right. So I guess Troy got tired of talking about the Miami Dolphins, so I'll do it for him. Um, now for win- winner, winning receivers, um, I kept going with rookies because I felt like you know, with their landing spots, they were the bigger winners than, you know, some of the veterans. Um, I feel like even though with the rookies, the only loser, since it's not already not mentioned, was Tony in his landing spot. So everybody else drafted in the first round were all winners to me. But I feel like Waddle is probably the biggest winner in with his landing spot because I think he comes in and becomes the immediate number one and will have the targets for number one. Um, with in comparison with everybody else, you know, in Philly, no idea what's going on over there. Um no receivers have been able to produce and and fight some time. And then you have uh, Jamar Chase. You know, you got to fight with T. Higgins for targets. So Waddle in Miami uh, came out to me as the biggest winner uh, out of the draft because he's with this boy Tua and he's, you know, the playmaker that he is. He's he's going to see the targets. And his playmaking ability will probably get him a lot more yards and touchdowns, just his playmaking ability alone. Uh, no disagreements here. Waddle was definitely a big one. Uh, I'm trying to see where he's, he is on the risers, but he definitely was someone that that went up the ranks for a lot of people. All right, Troy, who do you got? So I'm going to go Allen Robinson, right? And I don't even have to hit you guys with too much analysis. We already know the struggles that Allen Robinson's had to go through through his career with Blake Bortles, with Nick Foles, and then with Mitch Trubisky. And then he almost got Andy Dalton, but now the Bears finally made a good decision and now brought in Justin Fields, which is automatically – he hasn't even played a snap in the NFL. He's already the best quarterback that he's ever had, right? So I'm very excited about the potential. And the thing about Allen Robinson is he's had a good career just because he's been heavily targeted, right? He's been heavily targeted with sucky quarterback play. So I believe that with Justin Fields, he finally gets a good quarterback. I'm just very excited about just the direction that I believe the Bears offense could go with Justin Fields. So that's the reason why he's a winner to me. Love it. Um, I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. So the 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 Titans didn't you – know, they, they got rid of – not that got rid of. They, they allowed free agents to walk. You had Johnny Smith leave. You had Adam Humphreys leave, you have Corey Davis leave, and 226 targets are vacated. A.J. Brown's obviously not going to get all of them, but he's going to get quite a bit of them. And A.J. Brown, has he's only been targeted nine-plus times in five games in his career, and he's still been able to produce at a top level. When he is targeted nine-plus games, his pace is, is ridiculous. 
And it shows that he's able to, you know, keep that efficiency when he increases the volume. With Josh Reynolds in there, Josh Reynolds was a big riser, by the way. So he's another winner in this situation. Um, unless the Titans somehow trade for somebody or bring over another, you know, another receiver, Josh Reynolds is the number two, and Anthony Ferkser is the tight end. AJ Brown is going to get hyper targeted. There's no, there, there's a very, very easy road for him to get 150 targets this year and he could he could finish as the wide receiver one overall and for a lot of people he's the wide receiver one in their dynasty rankings and where are you at as far as the aj brown in in your dynasty rankings um he was definitely like top five for me because he's been going at least in the first round or you know the first two rounds and a lot of the startups that i have so i mean he in in terms of rankings, he he never he hasn't really moved, because um, you still got Jefferson Diggs, you know guys already getting targeted that much, you know they're still up there. So I didn't I I, I didn't put AJ Brown above them, um, but he's still you know top three prob- you know top top five possibly top three still. Mom, yeah, I've got no issue with AJ Brown as the number one overall wide receiver in Dynasty. That's where I have him. I don't think it's crazy to have him one in redraft. Uh, he's probably top five, top three, like Maverick said. Um, that target share, and he's been so efficient. You know, even with Arthur Smith leaving, there's some concerns about that offense. But, you know, believe in the talent. Yeah, man, what's your keeper question? Yeah, A.J. Brown, um, I got to look at my rankings again, but I think I have him at three. Uh, I'm just – I'm. I'm, I'm super excited about him. I, I did a dynasty debate show on Hammerjack um, on YouTube and we went uh, Justin Jefferson versus AJ Brown. And uh, I mean, I did go Jefferson, but um, AJ Brown's pretty close. And I think in the short term, AJ Brown is the, is the better pick. Uh, I just, I think he's going to kill it this year. I was looking at his stats. Like, while like while we were talking about it, like he still got like over a hundred targets last year and he still missed two games. So I can see him possibly top three. Um, with I guess 50 more targets, um, and if he's you know because he got 106, um, and like you said, he only has nine targets in like like a handful of games. So if if you know that increases to you know 12, and then he 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 plays a full 16 game season, yeah, I can I can agree with that that he can be wide receiver one, two, or three. Yeah, and don't forget he was playing through like a minor knee sprain the entire year last year. It was the entire year? Yeah. Every, every every time I watched the Titans play, it was just about Derrick Henry running everybody over. So uh, so we lost Troy. We're going to wait for this question, but we're going to go through the tight end winners. Uh, Mung, you had Dan Arnold. Uh, I think I had Anthony Ferkser, actually. Oh, you had Anthony um, Ferkser. I think uh, Troy had Dan Arnold. But, I mean, I think, you know, you set it up perfectly to transition from A.J. Brown to Anthony Ferkser because – like you said, you know, we knew that there was a good likelihood that Corey Davis and or Johnny Smith could both leave in a free agency. Uh, the Titans' priority all offseason has been fixing the defense and the secondary. And I wrote about Ferkster as one of my dynasty buys way back in February. Uh, everybody thought, you know, the Titans might add some wide receiver depth, but all they did was sign Josh Reynolds, who I like as well. Um, and they didn't draft a wide receiver until Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville in the fourth round. I don't know that he's going to contribute much immediately. Tannehill loves targeting those tight ends in the red zone on the play action where the entire defense is worried about Derrick Henry, and rightfully so. Uh, And then Ferkser was awesome last year in limited action. He actually ranked fifth among all tight ends in targets per snap and fifth in yards per route run behind only Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, and Waller. So he's one of my favorite late-round guys. Uh, I've been taking him in best ball drafts. I've been trying to buy him in Dynasty. Uh, I love Ferkser. I think he could easily be a top 10, maybe even, you know, top six or seven tight end in fantasy this year. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think uh, Gary Barnage. Uh, he's going to be this year's Gary Barnage, uh, you know, kind of a late breakout. Um, we'll see. Um, I I definitely agree with that one. He's he's uh, he's up 20 points as far as his, his draft stock. Um, big winner. Um, I, I do think there's still a few possible moves out there. Um, Zach Ertz could be traded. There's a few tight ends that could be traded, but um, there's never been rumors with Tennessee for him. It's really been like Buffalo um, and Indianapolis as possible landing spots for Ertz. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a good pick. And Troy, you had Sam, uh, 
you had uh, not Sam Darnold, you had Dan Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I went a little left field with Dan Arnold. So the main reason, right, is because now he's in the Carolina offense with Joe Brady, right? And previously, when he was with Arizona, they're like, they're his off. The offenses didn't pass to the tight end, right? So he didn't have an opportunity. It's funny in sleeper, he's actually tight end and wide receiver eligible, just for anybody who didn't know. So with the Joe Brady offense, at least it's a better opportunity for him to get targets. It's just more dynamic, exciting offense for the tight end. So I think that he has the opportunity there just to get a little bit of looks. Obviously, he's not somebody that is going to be, you know, a top five tight end or anything, but he might be a sleeper, especially if you're waiting on tight end. You might be, you're definitely going to be able to pick him up late. So it's just mainly the situation, the Ian Thomas experience. I'm sorry, like he's done. So let's just see what, you know, Dan Otto can do in that system. Absolutely. So we got a, a, question, a question. Full PPR can only keep two, can't be the same position. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Zeke, Mixon, leaning Zeke and Diggs, uh, but Dable back makes me want to keep the Bills offense. Only one quarterback. Who would you guys keep? Wait, who's your other quarterback? If you can only, like, why wouldn't you want to keep Josh Allen? But if it's like you worry about the positions, I well, lean if it's, if it's one quarterback, he's not as interested as in a quarterback as he would be in a super flex. I think's his point. Um, Diggs is the easy one for me. Yeah, and, and I, then running backs are hard to find, so I would go with the running back. But me, I, I would actually go with Zeke and Mixon. I think running back is the hardest position to replace here. Well, uh, you, can only, you can only keep one of the same positions. So. Oh, my bad, my bad. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards Zeke. I'm, he was, what was he last year? Running back three or four in the games that Dak played. And all people talk about are his fumbles that he suffered afterwards. But he wasn't fumbling like that when you know when he played with Dak. So I'm expecting, I wouldn't even call it a bounce back season. Um, but he's, I have him, you know, at least, you know, top 10 running back this coming season. Troy? Yeah. I say D- Zeke and Diggs. I feel like it, for me it was fairly easy because just because he couldn't pick the same position, one QB, I'm not thinking about Allen. I like Zeke over Mixon, so based off of that, Zeke and Diggs. Mom? Yeah, agreed. All right, man. I hope that helps. I uh, appreciate you listening. So we're going to go straight into the uh, – we're going to go straight into the – Losers. Oh, before and I did this one a little bit different. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I did a pick Kyle Pitts. I couldn't think of. Oh, my bad. My bad. You said yours and mine. Yeah, I I wanted to go um the two tight ends out of New England, but nobody would uh like believe me at all because <laughs> everybody are very low on them. So the only one I could really think of is obviously Kyle Pitts more again with the rookies because I feel like they were the bigger winners this offseason, just in landing spots, especially if Julio is going to be moved you know, either this season or next season, that's just targets that are going to be available. And then Hayden Hurst is projected to not return to Atlanta next season. So that'll bump him up to tight end one. And especially for somebody drafted in the fourth round, he, I mean, in the, in the, with pick four, he's going to be used. And then you have, you know, Calvin, Russell Gage, who was actually very solid as the receiver two on that team uh, when Julio was gone or when he was hurt. So I think the targets will be there for Pitts. You know, he's going to be running free up the middle while you got, two guys on the outside yeah and they're you know that offense is changing they're going to run a lot more 12 personnel so you might see if, if Hurst doesn't you know get traded or cut um Hurst and Pitts will be on the team together but of course you know Hurst more of the inline blocker and um you got more uh, more pass catching ability out of Pitts it'd be stupid to to not use him that way um, and then mine was, uh, was of course, Taysom Hill, who got $140 million, um, which is really a, a, like, a, like a $10 million contract. Um, but Adam Troutman is, is really the, the winner for me. Um, Adam Troutman, they had Jared Cook, Josh Hill leave, uh, Taysom Hill. We still don't exactly know if he's going to be the quarterback or if he's going to be a tight end or just going to be a, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. But Adam Troutman is someone that you should be looking at as, you know, if you're someone that's going to be taking stabs at, if you miss out on the big three tight ends, don't just go and draft one just to draft one. You can wait and get Adam Troutman, Irv Smith, really cheap. 
So Adam Trotman is a guy that I'm, I'm really targeting. If I can get him, you know, around, around 10, 11, 12, um, put him as my second tight end, hope for the upside. Um, and again, if I miss on tight end, I'm just going to stack other positions and I'll wait and then I'll grab Ferkser, Troutman, and throw a bunch of darts at those guys at the end and just stream away all season. So I've been I getting, I'm sorry, I've been getting Hike Hawkinson anywhere from like rounds five to eight. So you can definitely get Adam Troutman anywhere from like 10, like 15. Yeah, Troutman's someone that is definitely a value right now. And Hawkinson, he's another big winner. Um, with them losing all of those targets and not really getting a top receiver, Hawkinson easily could have been in the winner category. So for the losers, I did it a little different, um, maybe because I was getting lazy, but I went through and put all the losers for each guy. So Troy, this is your your four. You got Jimmy G, Josh Jacobs, Marquise Brown, and Donald Parnum. Okay, so I'll, I'll say a little blur about each one. So Jimmy G, obvious reasons, you know, he – He's gonna get replaced, right? So let's see. Let's say he doesn't get moved, right? And he happens to. He might start a few games for San Francisco, but at the end of the day, we already know this is Trey Lance's team. The best case scenario for Jimmy G previously was, you know, the whole rumors about him possibly reuniting with Bill Belichick in New England. That's obviously not going to be happening with the Mac Jones drafting. So we'll see. You know, maybe he could be a, you know, Denver Bronco or something like that, but. Really, I don't know. His future doesn't look very bright right now as a starter. There are not many jobs right now, so we'll see for Jimmy G. Josh Jacobs, them signing Kenyon Drake was really – it was bizarre. I don't think anyone was expecting Drake to go there because Josh Jacobs already wasn't seeing any targets for whatever reason, and he was – everyone believes that he's a capable pass-catching back, but for whatever reason, the Raiders didn't use him like that as well as the Raiders for some reason like decimated their offensive line. So it's a combination of the offensive line as well as Kenyon Drake in the backfield to take away passing work and carries. That's going to hurt Jacobs. Marquise Brown, obvious reasons. You know, they added Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace, and he's just not he, – he was never the one. He's never like profiled as a one, right? He's a small, small speed guy. And I think he's – I think he's great as like a two now – We'll see. I think he still at least has the two position down. I mean, we'll we'll see how the season plays out. I think he still has a role, but you obviously cannot rely on him for consistent fantasy production. And Donald Parham, the reason I mentioned him is because after the whole Hunter and Henry trade, I think people were thinking of him as a sleeper. But then with Jared Cook, and they also drafted Trey McKitty, I don't know what's going to happen with you know Donald Parham. So anyone who was hype about him being a sleeper, I think at least for this year, it's, you know, those, those dreams are dead. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I love what you said about the, um, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders and their, their line. I mean, it's like you, you, when they, when they listed the guaranteed money and Aaron Jones was the top of the guaranteed money for running backs and Kenyon Drake was number two and it was a significant amount of guaranteed money to go to. And then like the same day, they're like cutting and trading for offensive linemen. It's like, what is going on here? And then they go and draft Alex Leatherwood, who everyone had graded out as a second, you know, second round tackle. I just, I, I don't get it. Then they, they drafted three safeties. They traded up for one. I mean, they're just, they're, they do that. They do their own thing over there. Um, anything to add to any of Troy's picks? Man, I, I, I just drafted uh, Josh Jacobs in a startup. And for somebody that was running back eight, if you can just give me running back 15, I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs is not going to go away. I think it's going to be more of the same problem with him. It's just like on third down, you're going to see him trot off the field and you're going to see Kenyon Drake go out there and it's just going to annoy you. Um, and then they still got Jalen Richard, who – John Gruden probably has a I love Jalen tattoo on his arm <laughs> because he loves Jalen Richard more than anything. So those guys are going to eat into his, his, you know, upside. And anyone that is an RB one typically has quite a few catches tied to them. And it just, you're not going to see that with Jacobs with, with the addition of Drake. Um, all right. Next I have Mon. 
Yeah, I mean, you guys already kind of went into the Raiders' offensive line, so naturally Derek Carr is my quarterback loser. Um, you know, you talked about how they dismantled that entire line. I don't know what exactly Mayock and Gruden are thinking there, but maybe they think Tom Cable can work his magic. Um, but on top of that, too, they lost Nelson Aguilar, and they replaced him with John Brown, who I think was very underrated when he was healthy and in his prime, but he's 31 now, so... Just looking around that division, you know, Carr is facing a top five Broncos defense, and then the Chiefs and the Chargers have both built up monstrous offensive lines and offenses. So I think they're dead last in that division right now. Um, don't love Carr for fantasy either. Uh, and then, you know, James Robinson was my running back loser. I saw a lot of comments on Twitter and over the last couple months where. People were just saying, you know, why on earth would the Jaguars draft a running back when James Robinson was so good as a rookie? And my response the entire time was, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it's a new regime coming in. They have a lot of draft capital on day one, day two. So the risk was there. And obviously, you know, we didn't expect them to draft at the end in the first round. But, you know, Robinson's mo mostly a high-end handcuff now. I've got him in that same range as, you know, Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards, uh, so he's a big loser. Kind of the same lesson with my wide receiver loser, T. Higgins. Again, everyone was saying, you know, Penny Sewell makes the most sense for the Bengals, but we're not the Bengals management, right? We don't know what exactly they're thinking. There were a lot of rumors, and the Vegas odds were good that Chase was potentially their guy. And we knew that going into the draft, but still in April, the Dynasty ADP, Higgins was at the number 12 wide receiver in dynasty startups and that to me was always insane with the risk there of them taking chase and that is what ended up happening he's a risk reward guy i think he can still be good because the Bengals used 11 personnel at the highest rate in the nfl last year they played 76 percent of the offensive snaps with three wide receivers on the field so higgins is still a solid wide receiver too i wouldn't panic sell him by any means but I think his ceiling is capped with Chase there for sure. Um, and then finally, tight end, uh, I've got Logan Thomas. Uh, I was talking about him as a potential sleeper when he flashed a couple of years ago in Buffalo, but now we're looking at a 30-year-old guy whose production last year uh, was primarily the result of target volume, right? 110 targets, third in, uh, among tight ends behind only Kelsey and Waller. Uh, when they had nobody except Terry McLaurin. But now they drafted Diami Brown. They signed Curtis Samuel. I just don't know how much they're going to throw with their defense so good as well. So it's really hard to see Thomas repeating as a top five fantasy tight end. I think he's back to that you know high-end tight end two range. I, I agree with all of those. Um, I... Uh... I think Logan Thomas was definitely someone that just benefited from no one else being out there. And um, I was someone that was, you know, definitely I have a ton of James Robinson and I was maybe hope, maybe hopeful, but you know, it was, man, they have so many holes. Why would they use a number, you know, and why would anyone draft a running back in the first round, but someone that has, that needs about 11 players on defense go and, and do that. <laughs> well, I'm not the Jaguars. They did it. And Urban Meyer, you know, Urban Meyer went and got five-star recruits everywhere. Um, that's what he's used to at Ohio State. That's what he did. There was only one small school guy that he – well, two small school guys that he drafted. One of them was a transfer from Florida, five-star recruit. The other one was a very highly productive player. I think the guy from uh, – it was a safety, um, Paris. But everyone else was a five-star recruit from a big, big school. And you look at the, the Raiders, they shop at the same place. It's either Alabama, Clemson, or the championship game. They they always shop at the same place. It's just that they got their type. Um, so I'm definitely panic selling Tyler Boyd, though. Maybe not T. Higgins. Tyler, definitely Tyler Boyd. So, uh, so Maverick, I, I, I got to put yours on the board, but your losers were Mitch Trubisky, Kenneth Gainwell, Jamison Crowder, and Eric Ebron. Let's start with Mitch. So Mitch, nobody's talking about him. I'm guessing he's just he just faded completely because um, now he's a backup in Buffalo. I, even after he's done with Buffalo, I don't know if, if anybody will ever give him another shot after how bad he looked in uh, Chicago. 
even when he looked great, it was against horrible defenses. So a lot of people thought that would save him his job, but it didn't. And now he's a backup. Um, unless he gets a chance to shine in Buffalo, I don't really see who will give him another chance because he's not even in any kind of trade rumors. Like, so it's just like he's he just faded completely already. Um, actually, my losers for running backs was the entire rookie class after the first two picks. Um, none of them went in great landing spots. Um, it's after ETN and uh, Najee Harris. It's, you're just dart throwing in these rookie drafts. But I picked Kenneth Gainwell because um, he was probably the most talked about after the first two. And there's just so many running backs in Philly. We really don't know who's going to get touches after Miles Sanders. You would assume it's Gainwell with the, with the draft capital, but we really don't know what these teams that have four or five running backs. It's, you're just dart throwing at this point. Uh, for receiver, I picked Jamison Crowder. Um, now with the, you know, they got Corey Davis, they drafted a receiver and then, um, Denzel Mims is also there. Uh, so he might be out the door with the new coaching staff coming in, um, with all these receivers coming in, maybe it was, you know, it might be time for him to move on to another team. Uh, maybe if he does get cut or traded, you know, he might end up as a winner depending on the landing spot, but right now him, He's just in question for me. And then for tight end, I really couldn't think of any. So I kind of went with Eric Ebron. You know, they took Pat Firemuth, I think, what, in the second round? Yep. So, you know, he has to start holding on to these balls because all he's been doing is just he just dropped them all last season. So, you know, it's, it's going to be time because I think Pat Firemuth is a better blocker than Ebron as well. So especially yeah. if they like to run out in these three receiver sets with one tight end, Pat Firemuth might see more playing time. That's why I went with Ebron. I mean, um, with Ebron, there is the biggest loser for tight ends. I thought Ebron was a good pick, um, and I'm right with you. I think we talked about this before the show about Jamison Crowder. Uh, I think he's due $9 million this year and next year. Um, they could save some money by getting rid of him. They got Elijah Moore, who fits perfectly into the slot. It's a new regime. Um, Joe Douglas did not do the signing of J Jamison Crowder. Um, Crowder was decent for fantasy last year, and if he goes somewhere – whether it's Tennessee Titans, the Chiefs, or, you know, he can go to a lot of different places, the Colts. Um, he would he would definitely be a winner. Um, but right now, he's a loser with all those targets. Rookie quarterback, as much as we like some of these rookie quarterbacks, either even if you hate or love Zach Wilson, he's still going to have rookie mistakes and in, in rookie production. He's not going to put up, you know, Mahomes 40, 50 touchdowns. So, it's gonna be a lot of a lot of people eating off of a plate, and I just don't know how much you know how many touchdowns are gonna be on that plate. Um, for me, um, and I just want to go through the the top five fallers. So the top five fallers as far as best ball rankings: Deshaun Watson, almost hundred points; Kenneth Gainwell, almost seventy-five points; Hayden Hurst, seventy points; Chuba Hubbard, fifty-four points; Cam Newton, forty-four. And then A.J. Dillon and James Robinson were both um, right around 40. Um, and then Jeffrey Wilson was 38. So a lot of those guys were on my list. Um, Deshaun Watson, obviously the situation, he wanted to be traded right after he announces he wants to be traded, formally request a trade. We got a situation that happens. There's nobody that's lost as much dynasty value as Deshaun Watson I'm not going to get into the off the field stuff. I try to pretend like I know what's going on there, but in your drafts, he's falling and you have to make that decision. Do I take the risk and get a monster reward or do I take the risk and end up sinking my dynasty before it even starts? So it's just a really tough situation with Watson. Um, but either way, it's going to be a messy off season for him. His image is tarnished. And then the Texans organization somehow got worse, even though Bill O'Brien's out of town. I don't know. I didn't think it was possible, but it is. Um, Jack Easterby is obviously the problem. Bill O'Brien was a big part of it, but it's still there. And his, his name is Jack Easterby. He's he's like a, a priest character coach, and he's made he's calling agents and making personnel moves. Like they're just a, a dumpster fire. No free agent in their right mind wanted to go there. They drafted their first overall – their first overall pick in the draft was a quarterback, Davis Mills, which also is a sign that they have some concerns whether Deshaun Watson is going to get traded. Um, 
And then the other guy, Wentz, um, after the draft, Wentz's uh, stock went down. So it went up when he got traded, and then it went down because they didn't address the free – you know, they didn't address the left tackle or the receivers in the draft. They Now they address, they address the left tackle, but they still have some questions at receiver. Right now the receivers are Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, and Paris Campbell. Both T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell have some health issues that hopefully can get on the field. Um, and then they have Mo Ali Cox as the, their tight end. Um, he just re-signed, and I think they may still have Jack Doyle. I think he's still on the roster. But they're just pretty bland outside of Jonathan Taylor when it comes to weapons. Um, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon was someone I was telling everybody, he's fool's gold. You need to sell him. You could, you know, even if they didn't sign Aaron Jones, they could have kept Jamal Williams or they could have drafted a running back and, and killed his value. But people were making obnoxious trades for A.J. Dillon. Obnoxious. Like, I got a DM that was like, 110 in Cooper Cup, is that too much? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> like, what are you doing? A.J. Dillon, you, you know, you're, you're selling your farm for uh, some magic beans. Um, A.J. Dillon is a good player, and now he's probably a value because they do use two running backs. Jamal Williams had a lot of fantasy-relevant performances, and A.J. Dillon is probably a better running back. And now he's not getting, you know, round four and five draft capital in your startups. If you can get A.J. Dillon the 11th or 12th as your fourth or fifth running back, have at it. And then if Aaron Jones goes down, he's going to be a monster on your team. Um, Darius Slayton, he he lost big with Kenny Galladay and now Kadarius Toney. Um, he already had a down year last year. He had a, quite a bit of drops. And they just don't seem like they're really in on Darius Slayton right now. Um with all the mouths to feed there, with Saquon, with Ingram, with Tony, with Galladay, with Shepard, it's going to be really hard for him to to be in your fantasy lineup and actually put something together. He looks really good his rookie year. Didn't look as good last year. I don't expect a huge year from him. And then Hayden Hurst, we kind of talked about this earlier. He had his best fantasy season ever. And then they drafted Kyle Pitts at four. So, like – it's over. Um, and he's like a third, he's like 30 years old already, 31 maybe. He was 26 coming out as a rookie because remember, oh. he was a baseball player. He was a professional baseball player for a while. So he went back to school and played. So someone can correct me on that if someone has it, but I'm pretty sure he was like 26 years old coming out, like a kind of like a Brandon Whedon situation. I think he's younger than you think. I think he's like 27 or 28. Oh, is he? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm way off on that, and I apologize, everybody. Um, but still, he's you know, with with Pitts there, Hurst he's, is on his way out. He's 27. He's 27. Mm-hmm. So if he goes to, let's say he goes to the you know the Colts or the Titans or something like that, then yeah, he'll he'll be a big winner. But with Pitts there, he goes from what was he a top five finish last year? Um, he's being he's he's dropping out of the top 13, 14 of your tight end rankings. Uh, I don't know where you guys have him ranked, but it's very hard to see him have a top 12 season at this point. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I can draft Hurst, especially since they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so we don't even know where he's, where he's going to be next year. Yeah, yeah. which, like I said earlier, that may be a good thing. You don't want to be playing second fiddle to Kyle Pitts, and to be a good tight end, you need to be the second or third target leader on your team, and he's not even going to be the second target leader out of the tight end room. So it's it's going to be difficult. Um, Patriots will sign them next year. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, super pumped. We made it in under an hour somehow. Um, this was an amazing group. I appreciate all you guys coming on. Um, just one real quick before we go, where uh, where can we find you? And you know, when's your next show? What do you got going on? Mung, you want to start? Yeah, no, thanks for having us on. Uh, it was great talking to all you guys. Uh, love talking fantasy all day, every day. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Thanks for coming on. Maverick? Um, as soon as they release the schedule, I will give a prediction of what I think the Patriots record will be on, I guess that's tomorrow. Um, uh, YouTube, protagonist underscore, Twitch, protagonist underscore, Twitter is just protagonist uh, TV. All right. Well, is it going to be 17 and 0? Because now we got an extra game. So everyone remember that. I do have them a lot better than last year, whether Max starts or not. 
And I think he'll be ready, obviously, if he starts. But with Cam, I have us a lot better than we, we what we were last year. All right. Well, Troy will be looking to see what you have for those Miami games. Uh, <laughs> Troy, thanks for coming on, man. No, I want to appreciate it. First, I, I think the Patriots are going to be fine for third place. But, you know, it's it's okay. Y'all might be better, but it'll be for third place. <laughs> but um, but you guys can find me at Mode on Twitter. You can also find me on TikTok a little bit as well at Mode. I'm also, again, you can find my work at the Football Guys, as well as one of the co-hosts of Fantasy Football Confidential. Our next show is going to be next Wednesday. And I believe we have um, Heath Cummings from CBS Sports on. So definitely check us out. But, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, that's it. I appreciate everybody that watched. And uh, drop your comments and questions below if you agreed or disagreed with our winners and losers. Thanks for having me, David.